Well, good evening. It's good to see each one of you back for the evening service. Would you stand, please? Let's turn to page 178 as we begin together tonight. Page 178. We'll sing all verses. Are you washed in the blood? Sing it out on that first verse. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your souls be ready for the mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Well, sure hope you're washed in the blood tonight. Amen. And uh, man, enjoyed uh, this morning. Sure thankful I'm saved and have peace with God. And uh, boy, we can we have access to His grace and and what a blessing and and the power of the Comforter. I enjoyed that this morning and sure thankful. Uh, we could preach the gospel. Sure glad you're here uh, tonight, and uh, good to see Pastor Vizi here with us and his family, and I presume my son's probably going to be sitting with you guys tonight, amen, and, uh, but sure thankful for them, and uh, of course he pastors there, Bible Baptist Church in Cassville, and we were able to be with them on Wednesday night and have some good fellowship, and uh, good to see Brother Rich and Miss Georgie Raymer back there. They celebrated one year anniversary today. And so what a blessing uh, that is, and uh, they survived, amen. Brother Rich is still alive, amen. May not be tomorrow, but he is tonight, amen. Amen. Brother Raymer, would you pray for us uh, tonight?
Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? Forgotten to mention this when I was introducing the Vesey family, but the reason they're here is because he preached at Ironwood Baptist Church today. And uh, the Drinkard family over there in Leewood, we support, and today was their three-year anniversary as a church, and so what a blessing uh, that is, and do continue to uh, pray uh, for them. And just wanted to mention some things tonight very quickly about some announcements, some things uh, coming up, of course, this week is certainly a very busy uh, week. Tuesday night, ladies, is the uh, ladies' meeting. And that's at 7 o'clock over in the Fellowship Hall. And also, ladies, you need to be aware it's a baby shower for Miss uh, Shelby Dawsing. And so she is registered at uh, Target and Amazon. And, and so uh, looking forward to baby girl getting here and do continue to pray uh, for them. And uh, just excited about uh, Tuesday night. And then, of course, this coming Friday. Uh, is our harvest party, and so if you have kids in the school, uh, they'll be able to partake of that uh, from 1 to 3 in the afternoon, and then of course at 7 o'clock that evening, it'll be open uh, to church and, and things like that, and I've noticed our candy barrel out there has already been getting uh, filled up, and so do continue to participate in that as well, and then if you'd like to help out, there's a sign-up sheet uh, for that and all of those things, and don't bring candy corn, amen, don't that's just, I saw a thing the other day that said, how you eat candy corn, open the bag, throw it in the trash, and get a Reese's peanut butter cup. And I said, amen. That's, that'll preach right there, amen. Amen. Uh, <laughs> don't forget about, too, um, next Sunday uh, night following the evening service will be the uh, teen uh, chili cook-off. And so there'll be a linger longer following the service, and we'll have some fellowship over in the fellowship hall, so bring some finger foods and things like that. You know, typically we try to, you know, bring stuff that's chili related. I appreciate what Brother Quinlan said this morning. You may want to bring like some antacids or, you know, some something like that, because some of that teen chili can get pretty spicy. Amen. So I remember one year we did that and we had our kids name uh, their chili and one of the young men had one and it was called Death in the Pot. Amen. From from, Eli, from Elisha, I believe it was. And uh, anyways, I, I didn't try that one. Amen. I'm I never, listen, I never volunteer to judge. Amen. I'm, I'm, there's always a target when you're the preacher anyway, so you got to watch out for stuff like that. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention about uh, November, a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, we do, uh, there is the uh, uh, church hayride and cookout, and that'll be on Friday, uh, November the 11th. And then also don't forget about our Thanksgiving banquet. That'll be on November the 20th. Our guest preacher this year is going to be uh, Brother Tim uh, Knudsen and just had the privilege to serve on staff with him at Berean Baptist Church. And he is one of my dearest uh, friends in the ministry. And so looking forward to have, having him and his family here with us. And so he'll be preaching all day that Sunday. And then, of course, Tuesday, November the 22nd is our midweek service. We won't have a Wednesday night service. We're going to move it uh, to Tuesday night. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, don't forget about raising money for our, our parking lot. And so if you'd like to give towards that, those envelopes are available. Okay, Brother Eric, why don't you come on ahead tonight? If you would, turn with me to page 306. Page 306. Only a sinner saved by grace. I think we heard about that a little this morning, didn't we? Aren't you thankful for the grace of God tonight? Let's sing it out on that first verse. Not have I gotten, but what I received. Grace hath bestowed it since I have believed. Boasting excluded, pride I abase. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. Only a sinner saved by grace. Only a sinner saved by grace. 
save my grace. This is my story, to God be the glory. I'm only a sinner, saved by grace. Once I was foolish, and sin ruled my heart, causing my footsteps from God to depart. Jesus had found me, happy my case. I now am a sinner, saved by grace. Only a sinner, saved by grace. Only a sinner, saved by grace. This is my story, to God be the glory. I'm only a sinner, saved by grace. Tears unavailing, no merit had I. Mercy had saved me, or else I must die. Sin had alarmed me, fearing God's face. But now I'm a sinner, saved by grace. Only a sinner, saved by grace. Only a sinner, saved by grace. This is my story, to God be the glory. I'm only a sinner, saved by grace. Suffer a sinner whose heart overflows, loving his Savior to tell what he knows. Once more to tell it, would I embrace? I'm only a sinner, saved by grace. Only a sinner, saved by grace. Only a sinner, saved by grace. This is my story, to God be the glory. I'm only a sinner, saved by grace. If you're saved by grace, amen tonight. Praise the Lord. It's been a great day in the Lord's house, hasn't it? Just a great morning, great time so far tonight. Enjoyed Bible study time. Now we give, get a chance to give back to the Lord just a small part of what he's blessed us with. And ask Brother Luke Stewart if you would pray for the offering tonight. Amen.
recognize that song, the words, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Amen. I heard a lot of you singing that out. That's wonderful. Let's stay and turn to page 416. Living by faith. Page 416. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4 together tonight. I care not today what tomorrow may bring as shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth over everything and all of my worry is vain. Living my faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love. From all harm safe in His sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. I know that He safely will carry me through, no matter what evils betide. Why should I then care though the tempest may blow, if Jesus walks close by my side? Living my faith in Jesus above, trusting by faith and feel no alarm. Our Lord will return to this earth some sweet day. Our troubles will then all be o'er. The Master so gently will lead us away beyond that blessed heavenly shore. Living by faith in Jesus above trusting, confiding in His great love. From all harm safe in His sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and fear no alarm. Amen. Great singing. You may be seated tonight. Just before the message, Ms. Gloria Quinlan is going to come sing tonight. Guilt and my fear, he 
forever removed left a peace that will never go away <clears throat> though the world try alarm me and storm billows roll and though trials ten thousand dismay I can smile through the tempest for deep in my soul there's a peace that will never go away though the years come and go as I do his dear will till I rest at the end of life's way through eternity's years it will gladden me still tis a peace that will never go We're thankful we can have peace with God. Amen. Well, glad you're here tonight. And I want to invite you to Joshua and chapter number 8 tonight. The book of Joshua and chapter number 8. And, and let's all stand if you're able to stand uh, tonight. And um, I'm going to just read here just the first part of this and kind of explain the rest of it. I don't know that, you know, we'll preach on all of it. It's kind of self-explanatory and and things like that. It's basically what I call an AI sandwich. All right. And I don't know if I ever, you know, that could be a good name for something if you got a food truck or something like that. I don't, I don't know. But anyways, I want, we're going to start reading in verse number one and just kind of go down through here. But I just, I, we're really going to camp out on probably the first three verses uh, tonight. And uh, Lord willing, we'll make it all the way through this. But notice in verse number one, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given it into thy into the, uh, thy hand, the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof ye shall take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go ye not far from the city, but be ye all ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach into the city, and it shall come to pass that... When they come out against us, as at the first, that we will flee before them, for they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. 
For they will say, they flee before us as at the first, therefore we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be that when ye have taken the city, that ye shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord ye, uh, shall ye do, see, I have commanded you. And so the idea is this, is that, and many, many of us know this, that they went up before Ai the first time, they lost the battle. And so the idea is this time is that they're going to set up an ambush. Joshua's going to go out with the majority of the people. He's going to start a fight with them again. And then he's going to flee before them as they did the first time. The city's going to follow them out. Well, the the thirty or the uh, what does he say? The thirty thousand mighty men of valor that are set up for an ambush, they're going to come in, set the city on fire, and when the men turn around and see the city on fire, then Joshua and the rest of his men are going to stop acting scared. And what's going to happen is basically you got Joshua and his people, the thirty thousand mighty men of valor, and they're just going to AI sandwich. That's what's going to happen. But we're not going to look at any of that. You know, the last time that we were in the life of Joshua, we saw how the chickens finally come home to roost with the sin of Achan. The sin of Achan had led to the defeat of Ai, the despair of Joshua, and the eventual death of him and his family, because that is what sin does. The wages of sin is death. Listen, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin... And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now, thankfully, all of that is over with, and Joshua and Israel can get back to victory. But I want you to notice again, verse number 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, it's not Joshua that comes to the people, but rather the Lord that has to come to Joshua. And here's why. Because they're still mulling over the consequences of the sin of Achan. It's the Lord that has to show up and encourage God's people to get back into the fight. You know why? Because God wants His people to have victory. Well, listen, the lesson for us tonight is this. Like Joshua in Israel, there are going to be those times where we experience failure where sin gets the better, better of us, defeat and despair take place. But what I'm saying to you tonight is this, we cannot give up. You cannot throw in the towel. Rather, you have to get back in the saddle, so to speak, and get back in the fight. And for us to do that, then I'm saying to you tonight, we need what Joshua gets in this text. So here's what I titled the message tonight. Keys to getting back in the fight. If you're ever going to make an AI sandwich, man, you've got to have these things in your life. Amen. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. Father, would you bless the preaching now? And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. Appreciate you standing in honor of God's Word. <clears throat> I know that I've used this illustration before, but it, it is worth bearing uh, or worth hearing or mentioning tonight uh, as we start and look at this. Uh, lesson here from the life of Joshua. In his all-time classic book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill tells the story of a man by the name of R.U. Harby. Harby's uncle had, a gold, had gold fever, and so he staked his claim and started digging. 
And after a lot of hard work, the uncle found a vein of, of gold ore, and so he covered up his find. He returned home and raised the money for the machinery that he would need to go back and, and uh, bring the ore to the surface. They raised the money. Harvey traveled with his uncle back to the site to make their fortune, and things started well. And before long, they had enough money to clear their debts. They were excited. Everything from here on out would, pro would be profit, and things were looking fantastic. But then the supply of gold stopped, and the vein of, of ore had dried up and disappeared. And they kept on digging and digging and digging, and they found nothing. And after a while, they quit in frustration. They sold all their machinery to a junk man for a few hundred dollars, and they quit. After Harvey and his uncle returned home in disappointment, the junk man decided to call in a mining engineer who checked the mine and calculated this, that there was another vein of gold, even larger than the first, uh, than the first one, and it, was, and it was just three feet from where Harvey and his uncle had stopped digging. Three feet. And the junk man went on to make millions. The, the, the moral of the story is this. Don't give up. What, what, what I'm saying to you tonight, and, and, and listen, though that was given in a book to make money, I believe that it certainly applies in spiritual things. Had Joshua and Israel thrown in the towel after the defeat of Ai and the sin of Achan, they would have never went on to victory and inherited the promised land God intended for them to have. And the same applies for us tonight. Anything worth doing for God, it does not come without a fight. It doesn't come without a fight. Folks, there's always going to be spiritual warfare. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. Satan always, he is always going to try and hinder the work of God. You have a vacation Bible school, and I'm telling you, you'll blow the head gasket on your minivan. You have a revival, and your daughter will wreck her car at Bible college. You have a missions conference, and people in the church will get COVID. Somebody say amen tonight. I mean, listen, many of us could volunteer for that one. Amen. Satan is always trying to ruin families. It's of no coincidence that a family can join a church, join the church and hit a deer and total out their car. It's no coincidence that, that, that a family can join the church and get right and gets right where God wants them to be and they endure all kinds of sickness and one battle right after the other. Well, why, why is that? Because He wants your family to stay right where Joshua is after chapter 7. He wants you to stay defeated. And Satan is always trying to hinder your personal victory. He cannot, listen, he cannot have your soul, but he'll do his best to ruin your testimony. He will. He will discourage you after you fail. He'll try to get you to give up and quit. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this. Don't give up, friend. You will never get to the victorious life God has for you if you do. And that is what we see in our text tonight. Joshua and Israel are at a tipping point, so to speak. They are on the verge of either collapsing and, and, and they desperately need to get back into the fight. And what they need, and what they needed to do, uh, and, and what they needed to do that is, that is oftentimes what we need as well. And this is what I want you to see tonight. So let's, let's look at verses one and two. And here's the first thing that I see. You need courage from the Lord. 
If you're going to get back in the fight tonight, you need courage from the Lord. Look at what it says in verses 1 and 2 of our text tonight. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, and go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king, as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only, only the spoil thereof, and the cattle thereof, shall you take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee in ambush for the city behind it. As already mentioned, it's not Joshua that stands up in verse number 1 to lead the people back into the business of conquering the land. It's the Lord that speaks to Joshua and encourages him to get back into the fight because that is what Joshua needed. And before we get to the purpose of all of this, I want to show you a couple of things. I just I want you to I want to give you some things that I just jotted down. And so you can call it point whatever, but I, I just wrote down some thoughts and some things that maybe you can draw for that you, you know, you that'll help you tonight. One of those is this. The fact that God showed up and spoke to Joshua in this timely manner, it shows his desire for his people to have victory. You ever think about that? Versus staying defeated. That's pretty encouraging, isn't it? Come on, that's pretty encouraging tonight. Listen, if God be for us, then who shall be against us? Listen, I, I realize that there are times where we fail. In fact, I would even say this, we can sin like Achan sinned. But, but we, listen, we have to humble ourselves and we've got to repent and we've got to get right with God. But what I'm saying to you tonight is this, that you and I need to understand, it is not God's intention that you stay there, meaning this, that you become discouraged and you become defeated. It is God's desire that you would bank on His forgiveness and that you would get back up and get back into the fight. For a just man falleth seven times, but he gets back up again. And I'm just saying to you, this shows us tonight that God desires that we would have victory. And here's the other thing. Joshua shows us that our main source of courage, it has to be God. It has to be God. Yeah, listen, I, this is what I thought about. It wasn't Caleb that showed up and said, hey man, you got to suck it up, we got to go. Man, I like Caleb. Give me this mountain. Come on, we're going to see that here later on in the life of Joshua. But it wasn't Caleb that showed up, it was God that showed up. It was God. Listen, and like, like it was in chapter 1 when Joshua stepped into the shoes of Moses, so to speak. It was God that encouraged him. It was God that strengthened him. And here's why. Because Joshua understood that God has to be my main source of, of courage. And I'm not saying tonight that we shouldn't encourage one another. We, we should, right? Oh, come on, we should do those things. But what I'm saying to you tonight is this is that you and I can't be our main source of courage. It has to be God. And here's why. Because there are some things that God can give you that man simply cannot give you. I'm telling you tonight, man, I praise God for the encouragement of God's people. But ultimately, it is God that strengthens the inner man like I need to give me the boldness and the confidence to get back and to fight and to serve God with all my strength and might. The, the point is this, is that we need to learn these things tonight. Too many of God's people are sitting on the sidelines and they're saying, you know, woe is me. And, and they're waiting for somebody to come by and to coddle them. When I'm telling you tonight, that may never happen. 
It's just a reality. Sometimes people don't know where you're at. And, and the fact of the matter is this, man will let you down. But at the same time, man was never meant to be your God. God was meant to be your God. And God can give you some things that man cannot give you, friend. Listen, I'm just saying to you tonight, maybe we need to get to the place where we get on our face and we encourage ourselves in the Lord like David did in his discouragement. But here's the other thing that I thought about. What Joshua had from God to encourage him, I would say to you, it's very much available in our day and time too. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I don't, you know... I don't think it'd take us very long here to do a little study and find out that Joshua was praying. Joshua had access to God. I mean, you listen, go, go, go back with me to Joshua chapter 7 and look at verse number 6. It says, And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put and put dust upon their heads. And so again, this is the idea of Joshua getting on his face before the ark, which is the presence of God. And, and what I'm saying to you is this, is that don't you think that, that Joshua is once again here and he's trying to get clear direction and, and uh, you know, from God and trying to see through the smoke that's been left behind by Achan's sin? Be a fact, in Joshua chapter 8, where we're at, look down at verse number 3. It says this, so Joshua arose. Well, what does that mean? That means Joshua was on his face. I would say to you that, 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 that he was exactly where he was well, back in chapter number 7. And, and so you understand is this, this is Joshua and he is praying and seeking the face of God and trying to find direction and courage from God. And what I'm saying to you tonight is that we have an even greater access to God in the New Testament. And you and I can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But here's the other thing that I like is that Joshua is praying and guess who answers? Come on, it's God. (laughs) And it's God that, oh, come on, friend, this isn't hard to figure out. God gives him his word. Oh, listen, look at, look at verse number 2 again. He says, And thou shalt do to Ai. And I love this. Now watch this. He says, And thou shalt do to Ai and her king, as thou didst unto Jericho and her king, only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. You know what Joshua gets right here? He gets a reminder of God's promise and a reassurance that God's ways work. Well, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, well, no, notice how, now watch this. In verse number two that we just read right there, did you notice that God tells Joshua that he can spoil the city of Ai? That's a little bit different than the instruction that he gave in Jericho, don't you think? You, you know, li, li, listen, I, I, you go back to Jericho, and the instruction was this, you're not to spoil the city, burn it all. And what I thought about was this, had Achan waited on God, he could have got everything he wanted outside of a Babylonian garment, because really that had to do with idolatry, and God didn't want His people involved in idolatry, that's why He wanted it all burned. But had he just waited, listen, had he just waited, he'd have got the silver and the gold without sinning against God and causing death to himself and his family. I'm going to tell you something tonight, it's good to wait on God. 
It's good. Listen, young people, it's good to wait on God. I'm telling you, it's good to wait on God because what He has for you is far better than what you could ever do in and of yourself in your own power. I'm telling you, it's good to wait on God. And what I'm saying to you is this, is that Joshua just simply got reassured that God's ways are the right ways and just stay with God. But also Joshua got the encouragement and the promise that, that you're going to defeat AI. You're going to take down this city. You might have lost 36 men in the previous battle, but that's not going to happen this time. God's saying this, just like I brought the walls of Jericho down, you're going to have victory right here. Well, I'm telling you how encouraging that that is, that God goes back to their previous victory to encourage Joshua to to, the, the promise of God. You're going to get victory. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, folks, we have the promises of God. We've got reassurance that God's ways still work. I'm telling you, we have the promises of God. Come on, friend. We've got the promise of eternal life. It's only forever. Don't get too excited about it, right? But listen, we've got the promise of an abundant life, and we can live for God. Listen, He will never leave you nor forsake you tonight. If you're safe, you have those promises. And what I'm saying to you is this, is that we simply need to go to God in prayer and get in His Word, and that's where He encourages us to get back in the fight. And that's exactly what Joshua is doing. Now let me tell you why he's doing that. Well, it's really probably the same two reasons why we need it at times. For fear and because he was faint. Well, how, why, why, well, how do you say that? Well, look at what God says. When Immediately when he shows up, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, here's what he said, Fear not. Fear not. And go back to chapter number 7 just quickly, and I want you to see this because really this is the, the despair of Joshua as the, men, the defeat has taken place at, at Ai. And, and so notice what Joshua says in verse number 6. We ought to read that. He rent his clothes and he fell down on his face before the ark of the Lord. But look at verse number 7. It says, And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us, would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Yet you understand the fear there and the despair there is Joshua is, is praying. And, and so you understand the righteous, the righteous are as bold as the lion. But I'm going to tell you something. Sin breeds fear. It breeds fear. It's when we are in obedience to God and walking with God that you and I can enjoy the confidence of God and the boldness of God. But when sin comes in the camp, boy, fear comes right along with it, doesn't it? And that's exactly where Joshua was at. But notice what he also says. The Lord said unto him, he said, fear not. But then he said this. He said, neither be thou dismayed. And and that word dismayed, it literally means this. It means to break down. It means to be broken in discouragement. And again, that's exactly what you and I find in chapter 7 when Joshua was in despair. And the bottom line is this. And I want you to listen to this tonight. Pessimism dominates the thought life of those who have experienced failure. Pessimism. Negative. 
The fear of failure if we try it again. Faint and wanting to just give up altogether. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. Joshua needed, Joshua needed this time in prayer and he needed this courage from God's Word just, just like we do at times. Do you know what I, this is what I wrote down in my notes, and you can take it for what you will, but I, this is good southern vernacular right here. That's why I like it. The Spirit of God and the Word of God will always correct your stinking thinking. It encourages us. It brings us hope when we're filled with despair. And did you know this? Folks, bad thinking always leads to defeat. Listen, any, any, and this is just common knowledge, but I mean, even in the secular world, any sports team will tell you that the game is usually won in the locker room with the mindset of the players. You, you have a team that believes that they're going to win with all their hearts and souls and minds, then you mark it down, they're going to go down and they're going to fight and most likely they're going to win the game. That's why I don't have much hope for my team next week when we play Georgia. They're already defeated in their mind. I've already given up. I don't even want to watch the game. Click. Because a team defeated in their mind will be a team defeated on the field. Do you know this? This is why teams hire in and bring in motivational speakers to, get, to give them the, men, the winning mentality and the edge. And folks, well, listen, I, I realize that's all secular, but what I'm saying tonight is that, listen, you don't need a motivational speaker I said, you don't need a motivational speaker. We already have the Bible. Somebody say amen tonight. Listen, we serve the God of heaven and earth tonight, friend. You don't need a motivational speaker. We have the God of heaven and earth on our side that wants us to have victory. What more do we need? The problem is this. We're not in this book enough to correct our thinking. And then we live pessimistically in defeat, and negative, and woe is me, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, think I'll eat some worms. Did you, did you notice this? Did you notice this? Now let me, let me just point something out to you. Look, look at verses 1 and 2 again. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, and go up, go to, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and the city and his city and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall you take for a prey unto yourself. Lay thee in ambush for the city behind it. Now here, watch, watch this. Did you notice that God never mentions the first defeat of Ai? He never mentions that. Do you know what he does mention? He mentions the victory at Jericho. What are you trying to say, preacher? Well, here's what I'm trying to say. I believe this. I believe the sin of Achan and the defeat of Ai, I believe that was already in the past with God. And I believe what God was saying is to Joshua, that needs to be with you. You listen to this tonight? This, I guess it was last Sunday morning when we were talking about Romans, but I said this one time, I said, my, 
this is what something that my pastor said, but he said this. He said, "I, I, I don't, I, I don't think God, I, I don't think God, you, you know, he, he, he takes our sin as hard as we do." And what he was saying by that, in the context of it, is this: is that we sit around and we mull over this stuff in guilt and despair when God's already said it's cast as far as the east is to the west, never to be remembered anymore. And what I'm saying to you tonight is this, is that God, if God's forgiven it, then why don't you go ahead and let go of the guilt? No, 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 no. and I'm not, no, no, well, you know, preacher, I just need to forgive myself. Truth of the matter is you don't have the authority to forgive yourself. What you need to do is trust in what God has already said about your sin and that it's been forgiven and by faith lean upon the forgiveness of God and that it's been forgiven and then let go of that stuff and get back in the saddle and get back in the fight. Listen, get the courage that you need from time with God in prayer and time with God in His Word and get back in the fight. That's exactly what God's doing with Joshua right here. Joshua, it's all in the past. It's already been done. I've forgiven. It's over with. It's done. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. So why are you sitting around and mulling in it? Get up and get back in the fight. Yeah. Let me give you the second thing. Good news, only two points tonight. But here's the second thing, and real quickly, look at this. Look at verse 3, it says this, So Joshua arose, and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor, and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie and wait against the city behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but but be ye all ready. And and I'm just going to stop reading right there. He continues to give them instruction about the ambushment uh, and all of that. But this, this is what I want us to see tonight. If you're going to get back in the fight, listen, you, you've got to have courage from God. But I also believe this, you've got to have character in God. The courage, but, but also the instruction from God to Joshua, it didn't fall on deaf ears. So beginning in verse 3, Joshua begins to line out the people to get back in the fight. And I, listen, I, I want to say to you tonight, folks, that, that takes guts. You, you, you with me tonight? You, you guys are really quiet. I, you, you should have got your afternoon nap. Amen. I'm, I'm just telling you, it takes guts. And you've got to visualize in your mind, this is not a television show or a movie. Or, this is real life. And this is real warfare. And I, I'm just saying to you that it takes guts. But, but even in the realm of faith and spiritual things, it's easy to say you believe God, but it's another thing to actually put the boots to the ground and obey God and get back in it. And that's essentially what they're doing. And so therefore, we, not only do we need that courage from God, but I would even say this, we do need character in God. We, we need faith in, in action and doing what God said. And that's what Joshua does, right? And notice these things, and I love this. The first thing that I wrote down was this. Leadership needs to rise up and lead people into moving forward. That's what Joshua did there. Joshua arose, as already pointed out. This tells us that Joshua was, in fact, on his face praying. But it also, it also speaks to his spiritual posture as well. You Listen. You can't tell me that Joshua didn't, def- didn't take the defeat of Ai personally to heart. You can't tell me that didn't happen. 
You see, you see that in his prayer in, in chapter number 7. But also, and I, I think anyone in leadership would understand this, you have that feeling of responsibility when someone fails like, 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 like Achan caused it in the 36 men that died. Listen, Joshua took that. No doubt, it hurt him. It hurt him. It discouraged him. He was feeling faint and, and fearful, which is why God would encourage him. But now, he's up. He's up. And he's obeying God again. And he's moving on to victory. Listen, he's lining out the men. And listen, whether you're a, whether you're a pastor or an assistant pastor or a deacon or youth leader or Sunday school teacher or whatever, I'm just saying to you tonight, if you're in any place of service or leadership, you are going to experience failure. You're going to. Awesome. That was so encouraging, Pastor. But you're going to. It doesn't... It doesn't and, and listen, and when you do, you, you know what you have to do? You, you've got to learn to lean on God for courage. But, but folks, I'm telling you, then eventually you've got to bank on God and have enough faith in God to get back up and move forward. And serve God. Do you ever imagine the impact it would have had if, if Joshua would have thrown in the towel and said, that's it, fellas, I'm done? You know what's sad is we're seeing a lot of preachers do that in our day and time. And I'm not talking about moral failure, and I'm, not ta- I'm just talking about just getting discouraged and quitting and giving up ministry altogether. Listen, you, we're going to blow it. And we're going to mess up. I remember hearing a story, a dear preacher friend of mine telling me about when he was pastoring in Phoenix, Arizona. And he was, they were getting ready to have a baptismal service the next day on, on Sunday. And so he had got, came in on Saturday morning and he said, I came in and we were getting ready to have outreach uh, later on that morning, but I came in to have some study time. And, and uh, so before I, you know, before I did, I went ahead and started the baptistry. But then he began to tell, he said, he said my, my assistant pastor, he was always the one that filled the baptistry, but he had surrendered to, you know, go out and plant a church somewhere, and so the church had sent him out, so he was off doing what God had called him to do, and so he was just basically down a man, and, and so he had to do it himself. And what he didn't know was that there was this little overflow valve that he was supposed to open up, so that when the baptistry water got to a certain height, it would go out the overflow, it would go out the whole, the, you know, the drain there instead of actually overflowing. And he never opened the valve and he just started the baptistry up. So, man, I went in my office and sat down and started, you know, studying, had a great time of studying. And uh, we had our outreach that day and had a great time. And I went, he said, I went back home. And he said, I was sitting in my chair that night in my easy chair and was just thinking about the services on Sunday and excited about the Lord's Day and Man, looking forward to baptizing this family into the church. And then he said, baptism. And he goes, you know, I didn't check that water. I bet it's full by now. And I, I didn't turn it off. And I, I need to go and check on that. And he got, he got up out of his easy chair and he said he went to the church that night. And, and as he was walking up to the front doors of the church, he said water was running out of the glass doors. He had flooded the whole building, basically. You know, you know what the moral of the story of that one is, don't you? 
always have the assistant do the baptistry. <laughs> always. So if something fails, you got somebody else to blame, amen. Got an escape guide. You know, he didn't throw in the towel. He just called the men and said, man, I have blown it. Actually, I still would have blamed the assistant there. It's his fault. He just went out. He should have been here. He should have called him. The guys came up there that night, and they tried to squeegee all the water out they could and stuff like that. Ended up talking to the insurance company and got the whole building recarpeted for little or nothing. I started thinking maybe we should flood our building. <laughs> now, it's, now it's recorded. Edit, cut. No, I'm just... And thankfully he didn't quit. Because Terry Randolph came and preached our fall revival one year. We saw some people get saved that year. Now I'm just telling you tonight, you're going to fail. But the only thing you can do is go back and do exactly what Joshua did. Spend some time with the Lord and be encouraged in God. And get back in the saddle and keep plugging. Let me tell you something else, though. It's not just leadership that needs to get back up. Look at this last thing. He says, So Joshua rose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And I love this, and it says this, So Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. You, you know what we need? We need some mighty men and women of valor. I Listen, I, I re- well, you know, preacher, this is men going out. I, I get that. But that's the New Testament application to us. We're not, we're not called for physical warfare. We're called for spiritual warfare. And we need some mighty men and women of valor. And I want you to think about this. These mighty men of valor, let, listen to this. They're going to be, really, if I could say it like this, the key to Israel getting back on track to victory. They are the ones who faithfully listen and follow and support Joshua as the leader. They take the orders that he gives them. They are trusted with the strategic ambush on the city of Ai. And they wait for Joshua's signal to take the city and burn it with fire. They tell us that it's not only necessary for leadership to have character and to get back in the fight, but that all of God's people would have character. You know, in a corporate setting like this, I've seen things like Achan happen in churches. I'm talking about a man or woman in the church being called in some kind of devious sin or or wickedness and it causes great despair and defeat among God's people. It does. And it it hurts the preacher and all of those things. And and, and listen, and, and, and after the pastor has had some time in prayer like Joshua and he's encouraged himself in God's Word and, and wants to lead the people back into battle and to move forward for the glory of God. But what is always key in that actually happening is whether or not there are any mighty men of valor in the church. Because I've seen it where men of the church get behind the man of God and help the church move forward. But I've also seen it where there are no mighty men. Instead, they're corrupt. And they use it as an opportunity to further despair the flock and the man of God and devour and 
disrupt and cause confusion and division in the church. And I want you to listen to me tonight, Faith Baptist Church. There may not always be times of revival and victory. You listen to this tonight? I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I am trying to be realistic. There may not always be those times. There may be some difficult times up ahead. I, I don't know that. I'm not asking for that. That's just reality. But what's going to be key in us healing up and getting up and moving forward is whether or not we have any mighty men and women of valor. In fact, I would even say there's also a personal application to this as well because like leadership, listen, you're, you're going to fail as well. and You're going to experience difficulties. But I'm going to tell you something. It takes a mighty woman or man of valor to go to God to get the courage you need from His Word and in prayer and to have faith and to get back up and get in the fight. It's not... We, we can sit here tonight, folks, and I'm, I'm through tonight and I'm done, but I'm telling you tonight, we can sit here and we can wallow in self-pity and, 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 and difficulties and, and, and failures and things. And listen, I'm not trying to minimize any. I realize I've got my own. In fact, I think probably most, mostly what I'm doing tonight is preaching to me more than I am you. But I'm saying to you tonight, we can either sit here and wallow in that Or we can do what God says to do right here and we can go to God in prayer and we can spend time in His Word and we can be the people of character that God has called us to be and get up and get back in the fight. Because I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. And I don't want to be found in despair and quitting and having the towel thrown in. I want to be found still fighting the fight. Let's all stand tonight.